1: Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem-solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, everybody. Steve Politti from NJ Advanced Media, and welcome back to the Rutgers rant joined as always James Cratch Keith Sargent and fellas I was thinking today if we had a podcast what would we talk about is there anything to talk about and then it dawned on me hey you know what we could talk about football (laughs) I mean what a crazy idea for a football podcast right I mean who would have thought that we could actually you know have a football conversation right Football.
2: I don't even know what that is at this point.
1: <laughs> it's, what are we talking it's crazy. About? I know. It's crazy, but let's do it. Uh, you know, some developments finally we have a we have another schedule, eight game slate starting on October twenty fourth at Michigan State. You know, Cratch you wrote this the other day and I, I just completely agree with you. It's just about the most favorable schedule that Greg Ciano could have gotten here. I mean, finally, the Big Ten decided to punish somebody else and hilariously, hilariously took the club to Nebraska after it's suing the league. Um <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, 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 it's, it's, it's still hard. It's still hard to, you know, get, get a bunch of wins out of this thing, but at least it's not just the wrecking ball schedule that it could have been. And the, like the first one, when they, excuse me, the second schedule they released. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what were your thoughts
0: overall on it? No, I think f- first off, you start with that game at Michigan State, which has got a little juice to it, you know, two. F- you know, new head coaches, a little bit of recruiting heat between the programs. Rutgers has kind of been competitive with, with Michigan State the last two seasons. I think the biggest thing is every year it seemed like in November Rutgers would get Michigan and Penn State back to back or that I think 2018, that brutal, you know, month where they had Michigan, Penn State, Michigan State and Wisconsin all in November. That's broken up. There's a a buffer game in between all the big boys that Rutgers has to play this year. Right. And obviously, as I'm sure we'll get to in a second, they dropped Nebraska off the schedule, the original schedule. Uh, I still think they're going to play Nebraska at the end of the year, but they do drop that. And obviously Nebraska is a better football team than my, in my opinion, than Illinois and Purdue, um, which, so I, yes, it, it's as manageable as could get. Now, are they going to win many games? I'm still skeptical, but when Big Ten schedule 2.0 came out, I thought they were headed towards 0 and 10. Now I'm thinking, Hey, they might win a game or two. Sorry, do you agree with that? I agree. Um, I, I like I said on the, on the last podcast. I I,
2: I kind of look at the the way he's turned over this roster, then the amount of transfers that he that he's brought in, um, perhaps a, you know a stiffer uh, quarterback competition than we've seen in the past. I think it all equates to maybe a team that could, could can surprise. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I think I think the key is at least you know you look at these these games. Of course, there's still the Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, where you expect a blowout. Uh, but at least there's a chance to be competitive against Illinois and Purdue. Uh, and and to me, that that's going to be the bar that you're you're going to want to see from this team this year. All right, this is Chicano's first year under. Crazy circumstances. Nobody is expecting a bowl game. No one's expecting a lot of victories. You know, can they compete against the teams that they're eventually going to have to climb over in the Big Ten standings? And the fact that you, you know, you have a couple games like in Illinois and a Purdue on there, and in addition to Maryland, which, you know, we, we all agree could be, you know, in for a world to hurt as well. Uh, even Michigan State, and I knew you picked them to beat Michigan State crash, which is, uh, you know, I've, I've made that mistake before, before a 45 to 3 loss uh, <laughs> in, in East Lansing. I, I would, so ne- would never do it Again, uh, what was your rationale there? Were you, were you, were you, just, you, you just decided you, you're feeling a little frisky?
0: <laughs> you know, that's what it comes back to. It's just, you know, actually, I picked them to beat Michigan State last year, and they lost 27 nothing. so I've also been there. No, it was just the idea of it's the first game of the year. It's, you know, a new head coach. There's a motivational angle that Shiano and his staff can kind of play. And, I, and I'll be honest, too, like, the idea that, like, you know, obviously in 2004, the Michigan State upset was kind of Shiano's first, you know, Signature moment at Rutgers. We're gonna hear all about those good vibes. Sarge is gonna get Ryan Neal on the phone at some point before the open. <laughs> and you know, don't tell people my coverage plan. <laughs> Come on. So I, I just thought, like, if there is a moment where they're gonna get a win, this could be a, the perfect storm setup. You know, there's not gonna be any fans there, so I, as I, t- I told a couple of our nj.com slash tech subscribers, I don't think home road really matters this year unless you go to nebraska and there's 30,000 family members in the stadium yeah i just think that's that's a matchup they can win Uh, i don't think they're going to beat purdue or illinois just one i think illinois is actually going to be i don't know if the record's going to show it i think one of the things we're going to have to deal with the big 10 is that the records you know given the kind of gauntlet and the weird schedule we have records gonna be weird you know iowa might go four and four and be in the top 25, something like that. I think Illinois is a good football team. And I think Purdue is going to be Like Rutgers, you know, near the bottom of the West Division, they're probably going to be desperate in that Thanksgiving Day game. That might be their best chance for a win this season. Uh, But I do think they beat Maryland. I mean, I think the biggest thing with Maryland is Rutgers is going to be better coached than Maryland. And then you get to that crossover game. I think the schedule's kind of, kind of, maybe screw Rutgers at the end with the rule they have about the rematch clause in the crossover games that end of the season week. But I do think that Michigan State is their best chance to kind of come out and score a win that gets people talking. Walking.
1: I still think the, the, the primary question here knows is, is really not uh, how many wins or losses. It's how many games still get played. And I know, you know, we, we tend to, we tend to forget that we're in a pandemic. It's, I know it's amazing. It's still going on, but it is, uh, you know, having Wake Forest, Notre Dame game canceled this weekend was, was a, was a big red flag. I don't know if you saw this, but the Michigan state, the, the County health officer in, 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 in East Lansing uh, expressed it actually said that she would absolutely tell the university to call off the game given the current volume of covid cases if it were being played now so and you have to remember what rutgers said i mean the statement they issued was pretty clear that they're not going to put this team they're going to go week by week and they're not going to put this team in a situation uh that could jeopardize the health of the entire campus um so sorry you know it, what's your feeling on on games played
2: I think if you just look at what's going on nationwide, I mean, you mentioned the Notre Dame Wake Forest game, but you know, there's been a dozen other postponements. I, I, I think we're going to look at a season where we're going to see postponements. I mean, I don't think there's any way ar- around it. I mean, Rutgers gave, you know, remember that statement. They gave themselves, you know, a clear out, you know, in which they said that if there's an issue on campus, you're forgetting. I mean, that I, I saw the Michigan state um, release too. And, you know, if the health officials had, had had some apprehension right now, I'm sure, People above Greg Ciano's pay, uh, pay grade, Pat Hobbs's pay grade are going to look at it and be like, mm, maybe not so fast. Um, and I think it's going to be the case for, for a lot of Big Ten schools as well. Sorry, go ahead, Cratch.
0: I was going to say, I think that the biggest issue is you look at that Notre Dame shutdown. They have 13 total kids either testing positive or in quarantine. That's not a major amount of your roster, but they had seven positives. So if this is a Big Ten team, you now have seven kids who are out for three weeks. And yes, your rapid testing in theory should allow you to kind of nip these sort of things in the bud. But at the same time, if a kid has the coronavirus, Just a trace of it in his body. He's sidelined for three weeks. I think that's going to be the Big Ten's biggest issue is that one, if you have a breakout that kind of happens, you know, right after a game, now suddenly you're taking two teams involved and you're, it was now South Florida has shut down practice because I assume, and, and good on Notre Dame, it, the way that South Florida release indicated that Notre Dame informed South Florida about what kids had the virus what kids were in quarantine. So then South Florida could use their game tape and do some, you know, contact tracing and figure out, okay, which of their players had, you know, tackled or got tackled by those players. Now South Florida's got to shut down. I just think it could become, everything is great, but if one, and we've learned this, the virus can penetrate pretty much any kind of wall we put up against it. If it gets in yep. once, it could create a colossal set of dominoes for the Big Ten.
1: Yep, and that's, and that's sort of what we're barreling toward. Uh, all right, well, let's just assume they're going to play some games and you know I, I thought it would be fun to just break down the positions on the team we haven't done that yet uh, I know it's difficult because so we don't have a roster yet which is which is still sort of incredible a month away from games so you know we might be uh, using some players who aren't on the team but I think we have a pretty good idea of who's going to be on the team let's go through each position and, and you know I'd like to see what you guys think is the position much better than last year somewhat better than last year the same as last year or even worse than last year so um Let's start with quarterbacks, of course. Noah Vedro comes in from Nebraska. Uh, another transfer, I, I, my sources in Nebraska tell me that they like this kid. He's accurate. He fits the offense well. Uh, but we've seen what happens with these quarterback transfers. We haven't had a lot of success. Uh, last year, obviously, McLean Carter was the guy who came in and disappeared pretty quick overnight. Uh, you still have Art Johnny Langdon. Cratch, what do you think? Is, is the quarterback position better than last year, same or worse?
0: I think it's better just because I think Noah Vedrill is a guy who is a, you know, big 10 caliber quarterback who kind of fits what we expect Sean Gleason's offense to look like. And, and if, Hey, if, You have him and Art beats him out. That means Art has made major strides as well. So I think between Art and Vedril, as I wrote in my mailbag, you're going to have a guy win the quarterback battle, whether it's, you know, in training camp or by the end of this kind of strange season, who's probably going to be your starter for the next two seasons, potentially, because everyone's getting, you know, a free year. So I think that's the the great thing Rutgers has. No matter where they land at quarterback, they're getting a multi-year starter in all likelihood.
2: Sorry, do you agree? Yeah, it's going to be better. I'm, I, I'm more, more interested in, in what the quarterback position kind of entails under Sean Gleason. Right. You know, is it going to be a dual threat guy? You know, it, it, to me, that that's going to be the bigger, bigger question. We don't know what the offense is even going to look like. Um, but from a competition standpoint, you know, not not to sound, but, uh do too much coach coach speak, but they will always tell you that competition competition kind of breeds success. So, I expect it to be more of a competition than than, than years past. And you know, and I I wouldn't uh, count out Art again. Like I said, I think, uh, the, you know, the kid has uh, you know shown gra- gradual improvement. I think uh, the kid has a chance.
1: Right. All right. And I, I certainly agree somewhat better, at least. Uh, and remember the, the season ended with Johnny Langan uh, playing and we, we didn't even really counting him in as a, as, a, as a potential starter in this situation. So I think that tells you all you need to know. All right. Jumping to running back, still probably the most uh, talented, strongest position on the team. Certainly one of the most talented. Isaiah Pacheco, probably the best player in the team to 729 yards last year, seven touchdowns. You have Aaron Young behind him, K-Ron Adams, but no Blackshear. Cratch, is this position somewhat better, much better or about the same as last year?
0: I'll say about the same. I mean, I, it should be a little bit better because obviously, you know, Pacheco, you hope, takes a step forward. Aaron Young takes a step forward. Karon Adams sees, you know, more work. But, uh, you know, obviously you add some talented, you know, incoming, you know, freshmen like uh, Monagai from, from Don Bosco, uh, the kid from New Rochelle, Jesse Parsons, although we'll see how much they play. But, yeah, I think they should be slightly better, but not a major difference, uh, you know, going forward. I think the, the best thing they can hope for is that they kind of don't really miss Black's which they did last year. Sarge, you agree?
2: Yeah, um, I'll say about the same, uh, but I will say this. Uh, Greg Schiano talking to him, you know, threat to summer, you know, he thinks that there's two positions where they have Big Ten talent and running back is one of them. So, um, Isaiah P- Pacheco, I do expect him to t- take another step forward. You know, it, it is mind-boggling to me that they have not had a 1,000-yard rusher since 2012, since wow, yeah. Juwan Jamison uh, did it. Um, and, you know, they, that really, I, you know, I'll be interested again to see, you know, how the offense takes advantage of the depth, you know, whether Sean Gleason wants a bell cow or whether he wants to, you know, do uh, backfield by a committee. They do have a lot of depth, though.
1: Right. All right. Going from the strongest position to perhaps the weakest position, pass catchers. I'm going to group them all together tight ends, wide receivers. Crash is interesting. You had Giovanni Haskins, uh, the transfer from West Virginia, uh, getting the starting nod over uh, Matt Alimo. Um, you know, obviously they got the same names we had before: Bo Melton, Aaron Krouse, transferring in, Isaiah Washington. Uh, is this going to be an improvement this year, Cratch? Over, you know, it's just amazing. And I, this stat just blew me away that they they had five touchdown receptions in 2019, which is more than the previous two years combined. I just can't just that just blows me away. Is this an improvement?
0: Uh, yeah, it better be. You know, I, I think that. <laughs> The one I, they have a couple things going for them. I think one for all the the bad recruiting that Chris Ash and his staff did at wide receiver. I think there's a chance that they kind of left the new staff. You know, Stanley King and Isaiah Washington. I think you know. I know Isaiah Washington played a lot last year. Didn't do a whole heck of a lot, but obviously the offense was so limited. I, I do think those are two guys who have a bright future. You add Aaron Cruikshank, I think you have to be kind of apprehensive is not the right word. I think the fact of the matter is I wouldn't expect him to be a massive, you know, game changer at receiver from day one, just because, you know, he didn't do a whole heck of a lot as a receiver at Wisconsin. And you have to think that if he, if Wisconsin thought he could provide something, he would have seen more of a role at receiver. I think he's obviously, you know, game breaker, all big 10 caliber return man. You hope that Bo Melton, you know, this is finally a big senior year for him. You know, as for Lima, I just think he played a lot last year. You know, with Jonathan Lewis getting hurt, you know, Volkolek leaving, Nakia Griffin-Stort leaving, and he just it just never really clicked for him. So I do think a guy like Haskins, who who's had, had some success at the Power 5 level, takes that job. You know, Jonathan Lewis is supposedly 100% healthy, kind of intrigued to see what he can do now that he has had, a, you know, potentially a year to kind of learn a position under him. But I, I will say better, and I, I think last thing I'll say, you know, I think Underwood, that coaching, I, I've heard a lot of good things about the work he's doing You know, with the receivers. I, I think that could be a big step forward for this group as well. So I'll say they're better, but they have to be better if this program is going to start moving forward. Right.
1: right. Absolutely. Sarge, and I, this is a question I'll pose to you. Do you agree? And are we missing somebody? I mean, it just seems like this is a, this is a position where you know, somebody we're not, not on top of the radar. Maybe that kid Stanley King, who we, we saw last yep. year in training camp. Is someone else going to step into this position?
2: I think it's, I think it's possible um you know but i do think that uh, you know uh chris shank is a guy who who again i mean they're stacking big things from um you know uh isaiah washington came, uh, came on you know as a as a freshman we thought we thought and then bo melton too i think uh you know i think uh you saw him get uh, gradually better um you know tight end i think i think uh Cratch hit the nail on the head i think if you're talking about uh, the 10, you know, positions, I think tight end might be the weakest uh, group, or at least certainly the uh, position of the most question marks. So, um, you know, I, I, I think that overall, the wide receiver uh, group, again, Taekwon Underwood, who, who, you know, I've heard the same things. I mean, I think, you know, he, he, you know, he has the ability to really uh, get the best out of, the, out of this group. I think uh, they have the potential to be better. All right,
1: offensive line, this is one that I, I – major questions. Obviously, huge losses. Zach Mineski, Kamal Seymour, Mike May. Uh, it wasn't great last year. Now you're putting a lot of new guys into, into different different uh, roles. Cratch, you had it broken down. Left tackle, Raekwon right, O'Neal. Left guard, Reggie Sutton. Center, CJ Hansen, Right guard, Nick Creeman, And uh, right tackle, the transfer, you go transfer, uh, Cedric Pallant. What do you think? Is, is there a chance that he can pull something together with this group?
0: It's going to be tough. Andrew Orrick has got his work cut out for him. I think that, you know, obviously, losing Mietti was a big blow. Mike Mayeti, I've said this before, he is the only recruit and develop success of the Chris Ash era. <laughs> you know, and I think it's second straight year, you know, a, a, a starting offensive lineman goes in the transfer portal and, you know, all the messages, well, Oh, not a big deal. Well, now Jonah Jackson's, you know, Kicking ass for the little Detroit Lions, and Mike Mayette goes with well, an SEC program. So I I think that it's gonna be very tough. I think Palant's gonna be the big guy because you know in the past you know what Rutgers brought in you know brought in JUCO guy under Ash didn't work out. I think they need him to step in. You know Reggie Sutton I think is the key. I thought he w- was really promising as a true freshman as that blocking tight end role. They used him at the end of the 2018 season. Really banged up last year. I think if you can put him at guard because he's kind of bounced a over the place with Raekwon O'Neal. You might have the forming of a really strong left side and you got to figure out the other three spots. C.J. Hansen, I mean, we don't really know what the center depth chart is going to look like because, as you said, we don't have a depth chart. We don't have a roster. <laughs> we asked Oreck uh, a couple weeks ago, you know, what he was thinking. He wouldn't even provide names. So I think that's going to be a key spot as well. I think Hansen will go there. I know that he's a really athletic guy, but I, I think this, pro, this line is going to take a step back, just how it took a step back last year. And that's a scary thought when you consider what yeah. the line was last year.
1: Right. Sorry, so, do you see it the same way?
0: Yeah, um, I agree.
2: C.J. Hansen probably has the edge at, at, at center. Uh, keep in mind that, that that you know this offensive line from a year ago allowed twenty six sacks, um, which is middle of the pack in the Big Ten. But the you know stats are deceiving because uh, just their their weakness um, you know, off front uh, you know caused uh, Nunzio when he was the offensive coordinator and John Mcnulty early on to really try to get the ball out. You know, as quickly as possible. Really, couldn't go go deep on on, on a lot of passes and take shots down the field. Um, again, Sean Gleason's offense maybe you know that is going to be predicated on on, on fast moving and, and maybe he can take it, it. You know, take advantage of or you know at least make 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 the offense's weakness not not be a weakness overall on the offense. But certainly, you know, probably the biggest question mark on a team is the offensive line going in.
1: All right, switch to the defensive side of the ball. Defensive line, this is one position where clearly uh, Greg Shannon knew he had to get some immediate upgrades and, uh, and did that. I mean, we'll, we'll see how it pays off on the field, but certainly on paper. Cratch had it as uh, Tverdov and Mike Tverdov and CJ Onichi as the defensive ends. Mike Dwanfor and Julius Turner as the defensive tackles. That doesn't mean I'm surprised that Ireland Burke and Malik Barrow weren't in your projections, Cratch. but I know that's a position where, you know, you pretty much rotate guys in constantly during the game do you think this position is better than it was last year
0: i i do you know the reason why i have dwum for there is just because i think of, of the the tackles they're bringing in when you consider the health issues malik barrows had um you know ireland burke i think is a guy who is i i would say ireland burke maybe has the most upside of the defensive linemen that you know not counting aaron lewis the williamstown kid that that Shiana's brought in, but I think Dwumpfor is just the most accomplished college football player they, right. they got. So I think that's why I have him there. And this nose tackle it's just Julius Turner's a guy who was who's been very effective. You know, I, I don't know if he's a a guy that you necessarily ideally want to have be your every down nose tackle, but I, I just look at this group and the body types and the positions they've played in the past and the present. And I think he's their best answer at nose, you know, from what we know about the roster.
1: Right. Sarge, And you know, the, the ends obviously divert is going to be a Shiano guy. You can just know that that's a high motor, you know, high energy pass rusher that he's going to love. What do you think? Is this position better?
2: Yeah, I I think again that was if you're talking about the the, the offensive line being the biggest uh, question mark, defensive line uh, on 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 the defense is going to be the biggest question mark as well. They do you know have the ability to maybe get after the quarterback a little bit more. CG uh CJ uh, C. C. O- Oneshi plays with an edge. I you know I I know talking to uh, people inside the program, they all think that he's going to you know maybe have his best uh season to date He's a senior you know, inside, I think that Graciano is going to try to, you know, rotate as many as possible, maybe play as many as, you know, four or five, you know, players inside in a rotation. Mike Tivertoff, really, he's got to be the guy who I'm going to be looking forward to seeing the most. Obviously, you know, his brother Pete, you know, played for Graciano. You know, he's a guy that, you know, from the beginning, you know, really convinced a lot of his teammates to kind of buy in on Graciano, who we all know is, you know, Going to be a guy who, who, you know, is going to try to get the best out of out of his defensive players. It might not be for everyone, but you need a guy like Mike T- Tvertoff to kind of, you know, sell his teammates and, and you know, on, on let's just buy in. So Mike Tvertoff, yeah, I think he's going to have maybe uh, the biggest year to date
1: linebackers, three seniors. I mean, this is, incredible. I mean, just given with this program of the last few years, this just, just, is just incredible really to, when you think about it. Uh, uh, and I think, you know, I sorry, you mentioned earlier that there were two positions on the team where Greg Shannon felt he had big 10 talent. I assume this is the other one. Yeah. Uh, Tyshawn Fogg, uh, <clears throat> Ola Coonley. Fatou Whoa. Kassi. I'm going to be able to pronounce that name before he graduates, I promise. Uh, Tyreek Maddox-Williams, a uh, group that struggled a bit in coverage but certainly was pretty good against the run. Cratch, uh, is this an improvement or about the same, given you know, this was the same group last year?
0: About the same. Yeah, I think that they'll probably be able to, maybe in a scheme, they'll be able to use these guys a little bit more effectively. If there's more of a pass rush up front, I think that's going to help them.
2: I disagree. I think they're going to be a lot Sarge, better. I think yeah, I think they're going to be a lot better. I think, uh, you know, linebacker is a type of position where you're talking about, um, you know, experience matters. And, you know, this is a very experienced core where, where, you know, we left out, and I agree with the, you know, maybe the starting uh, lineup, but you left out Rashawn Battle, uh, Drew Singleton, uh, you know, Jennings. Uh, they're, you know, they're, mm-hmm. they have a lot of depth, that you know, uh, you know, in this linebacker core. Also keep in mind, Linebacker was always a strength, you know, you know under Greg Shiano, whether it was you know, the years that they had Ryan Imperio, Kevin Malist, uh, De- uh, Devron Thompson. I mean, and Greg Shiano was a former linebacker himself. So his linebacker cores are always better, uh, uh, really good. There's going to be a better unit than it was a year ago.
1: Right. Secondary, I mean I don't think there's any debate that this is I mean, this is a much better group than a Yo,
2: or, yeah.
1: you're adding a Rose Bowl MVP to a group that already had ton, a ton of promise. And I, I if not a ton of depth, and of course that's always the question in football, do you have enough cornerbacks to uh to cover spread offenses? Uh but corner you know, having Avery Young, Trey Avery, uh Christian uh is he isn't is, in, is, is he in? How do you pronounce his name? Sorry, Cratch. I
0: believe it's Izzyan.
1: Izzyan, yep, and I think Brendan White. Of course, coming over from Ohio State. Uh, uh, what do you think, Cratch? This this has got to be something where they've really dramatic improvements.
0: No, definitely. I, I think dramatic improvement, and I think it's also really you're going to watch the, the coaching. Um, you know, with Fran Brown, because I, I felt, you know, when Chris Ash got fired last year, obviously we know Chris Ash was a defensive backs guy. I thought that unit really regressed once he was out the door. So mm-hmm. I, I think that you know you're definitely going to see that happen. Sarge,
2: yeah. Uh, depth is going to be the issue here, but they, you know, if they keep these guys healthy, you know, it's a, it's a lot better just a starting four. And then, you know, you add in a Jared Paul, who I know uh, the coaching staff is high on as well, but you know, the cornerback depth is, is going to be an issue.
1: All right, guys, that's a pretty good roster breakdown. It was fun talking football, man. I knew we could do whoa, whoa, it.
2: Whoa whoa, I mean, whoa, 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 whoa. You want to do I mean, we, No, no, you're forgetting. Like we have like the PR guy for, for Adam Korsak on the line. Wait, right. we, well, uh, you know, is he still on the line? Uh, the PR guy for Adam Korsak, are, are you available? Calling yeah, the PR sorry, guy.
0: I was gonna say, uh, you know, Politi said something about you know the Pacheco being the best player on the team. I, I think you spoke a little bit early there, Steve. I mean, oh boy, here we go, here we go. All
1: of the Australian listeners, let's hear it, Cratch.
0: Adam Korsak will be better. I mean, here's here's the thing, because everyone's got the blanket eligibility waiver. And I was told there's, you know, Adam Corsac could have an argument to get his freshman year back because he went, you know, he was like a part-time student in Australia. There's a possibility that the pandemic could have given us three more seasons of Adam Corsac punting at Rutgers. Think about that.
1: But that's just dreamy.
0: I mean, what are you gonna do? I mean, holy (laughs) crow! I mean, you're forgetting the fact that he could be a first-round pick, and if he's gonna be a first-round, that's true. He he could he could revolutionize the punting game in in the NFL.
2: (laughs) <laughs> by, by the way, I it, you know, if he does spend another three years, would it, you know, would he be over thirty by by, by the end of, by the time he graduates? Scratch,
0: you have an answer on that? I mean, Chris Wankie won the Heisman at twenty eight. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's great. Heisman votes for, for for Rutgers punter. All right, let's get some uh,
0: Rutgers Insider questions,
1: uh, guys. Appreciate, as always, subscribing, nj.com, slash text. Uh, uh, cratched in a nice uh, uh, yeah, mailbag with you guys today, so we'll, we'll just we'll just answer a few here in the last few minutes. Um, this is a good one. As you said, with no, tough without a roster and no spring practice for watching practices. Any guess on a player who will have a surprise-slash-breakout season?
0: Mm, that's a great question. I will go with... I'm going to go with Mike Tvertoff. I, I think that he's a guy who, as Sard said, he's going to be the ultimate Shiano guy. And I think he's a guy who they were kind of asking to do things that weren't necessarily his strength in the old scheme. I think he's going to be this, uh, a tough-as-nails, you know, traditional defensive end in this scheme. I think he's a guy who can have a breakout year. Sard, you got one?
2: Yeah, it's not sexy, but uh, Raquan O'Neal, who, you know, finally, yeah. uh, you, know, I, you know, he played a lot last year. They're going to need the left tackle position to be a, a strength. Um, experienced, um, you know, I, I, I think you can uh, see, you know, if the offensive line gels the way they, they, they needed to gel, I think Raekwon O'Neal at left tackle is going uh, to be to, needed to really have a breakout.
1: Yeah. And I will say, I think someone's going to surprise us at receiver. I just don't know who it is. <laughs> so stay tuned for that one. Uh, another good question about the quarterbacks. Uh, I know Vedral and Art are the obvious choices as front runners, but I wonder given the success of mobile quarterbacks in the NFL, Jackson Murray, Mahomes, Wilson, et cetera, shouldn't Peyton Powell be given a legit shot? Cratch?
0: That's an interesting question. You know, obviously, when, when we were going into spring football, the indication was that he was going to be given a shot. But we've lost so much time, you know, A and B. That was before Vedrill showed up. So I just wonder, like, you know, he's a guy who was at Baylor as a quarterback and left before even – You know, they even started their season because it became obvious that he was not going to play quarterback at Baylor. It seemed like he was he was he was committed to Utah and they didn't seem terribly, you know, thrilled about the idea of him being a quarterback long term. It was already kind of iffy when it came to Rutgers. I just think when you look at the holes this team has elsewhere, wide receiver, tight end, potentially in a secondary. I just wonder now that you have Vedrill and Art here. Is, and you have Evan Simon who you're high on, and you have Johnny Langan, and you have Cole Snyder, is it just the point where it's not worth it and you tell him, hey, you, you, we got to try you somewhere else so we can get you on the field and have you help the team? Right. All
1: right, another question. Uh, uh, has anybody been able to get Jonathan Holloway on the record after backtracking faster than my toddlers when the toothbrushers come out? That's a pretty good <laughs> line uh, at the lab of that one. Uh, the, answer, the short answer is no. Uh, you know, The longer answer, <laughs> I know when they said the vote's unanimous, That it it gives the impression that Holloway, who I talked to a couple of days before the vote was pretty emphatic. He didn't think they should be playing football that he, you know, suddenly, well, you know what, maybe we should. I honestly don't think that's the case. I talked to enough people around Rutgers who believe, uh, who made it very clear that Jonathan Holloway made his opinions known about, you know, playing football this fall during the pandemic. Uh, But uh, you know, when there's a conference vote, you know, unlike what happened with Nebraska and Ohio State flipping out the last time, I, I think, you know, he rightly decided when, when, when things were going in that direction that, you know, they're a member of, a member of the conference. Uh, and the statement they issued made it pretty clear that they have deep reservations. Sarge, so you, you'd agree with that take, right?
2: Yes, exactly. I think this is a guy who, who made it clear that statement. You know, it wasn't just us who, who perceived it as, as being a, eh, maybe – um, but a lot of other national people actually thought, thought that statement was, was very, very uh, lukewarm with the idea of playing and that statement, even though it didn't have Jonathan Holloway's name on it. It came from old Queens. Uh, certainly, you know, he, he, he approved it. So I think that statement spoke for itself.
1: All right. One final question: Do you think a bad Rutgers season, let's say no wins and some and some blowouts, will greatly impact Shano's momentum? My feeling is that most of the seasons national focus will be on Ohio State, who makes the playoffs for the shortened season, cancel games, etc. You know, I totally, I totally agree. I just don't. I mean, it's you know, obviously Greg Shano doesn't need to have a honeymoon. He's gonna, to he's last as you know, as long as they play football if he wants to. But uh, you know, trying to judge him off this season or, or or you know, making any sort of big declarations about you know. Where where this program is headed based on these eight games scratch I think it's just you know that's hard that's hard to do
0: I would say, yes, I agree. Um, it, it's very hard to do. I, I think, look, I don't think a, a winless season with a lot of blowouts would help him close out that 2021 class, which is, I think, is the most important thing he can do right now. And, and I think that's, you know, you wrote this column, you know, a couple of days ago. The biggest challenge he has is kind of framing this season, no matter what happens, keeping the ball moving downhill, going into 2021, close out that class, keep the fan base excited and energized, especially when the fan base, can't really be touch, you know, reach out and touch the team much this year, obviously, and kind of move forward. I mean, this is kind of a freebie season. So I think that's why I've written this. If he frames it as a developmental year and we're going to play everybody and we're going to try to win football games, obviously, but we're also going to figure out what we have and look toward the future. I think that's the best case for him. And that's going to allow him to cushion a lack of success. But that being said, you can't go winless because if you go winless, you're going to go into next year with the idea that you could set the all time big 10, conference losses record you know streak you could surpass those horrible northwestern teams that seem like a a a mythical tale at this point you know you you gotta you gotta at least get a win on the board and be competitive in some of these games
2: sorry you want to take that one as the final thought here Uh, first off this will be my final thought before i get into that um it's just fun to talk about football, right? Uh, I mean, isn't it you know, great? Yeah. It, is, it really, really is. Um, yeah, I agree with everything that Crash said. There's not a whole lot more to add. I will say that ultimately, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, Graciano's not going to want to lose games. He's going to want want to, to, to uh, you know, at least give, uh, give themselves a chance. So I think early on, I think he might be playing right. the, the best players. But I think, yeah, as the season, you know, starts to, to, to gradually, I think, you'll have uh, expectations and, and realistic expectations and and know and understand that it's all about 2021 2022 um you know and and beyond that you know in order to have success down the line you're gonna have to know what this roster is
1: all right guys that's all we got for today thanks for listening steve cratch sorry signing off